Hey, I'm Kathleen Miner. Welcome to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. It's time to magnetize the life that you desire. Here we go. As founder and president of Hopeful Handbags International, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, I would like to ask that you donate your once loved handbags filled with necessities that will be donated to women getting back on their feet again that have gone through down times, abuse, and homelessness. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to donate funds, necessities, become a drop off location, or start a Hopeful Handbags in your area, Contact me at KathleenMiner.com and you too can give hope. Hey everybody and welcome to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra and from anywhere in St. Augustine Radio.com. So today I have a Jeremy Ryan Slate here. How are you doing Jeremy? Hey, I'm doing awesome, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome that you're here. So, can you tell us where you are from? Where are you calling us in from? Um, I am currently in uh, Lake Copatcon, New Jersey. Um, I grew up about 30 minutes north of here in a small town. It's about five-eighths of a mile called Hamburg, New Jersey. That's awesome. So, is it? what's the weather like? Um, it's in the 60s today, thankfully. After, after dealing with a, a cold spell, we're finally coming out of winter. Oh, good for you. Congratulations. Because, I, you know, I love some cold maybe like around Christmas time. Other than that, <laughs> I really like the warm weather. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> so that's awesome. Let me tell you all a little bit about Jeremy. So Jeremy Ryan Slate is the founder of Create Your Own Life podcast. And he speaks with some amazing people that are top-notch, and they have created their life on their own terms. He studied literature at Oxford University, is a former champion powerlifter turned media entrepreneur, and he specializes in podcasting. Now, Jeremy's was named one of the top 26 podcasters for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2017. And your Create Your Own Life podcast has been downloaded more than a million times. That is awesome, Jeremy. Oh, my, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, he's also been featured in so many different magazines and business.com. And him and his wife, Brielle. Did I say that right, Brielle? Yeah, that is such town in New Jersey. That is such a really cool name. Brielle, um, they found Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. So I, I, you know, you do so much more than that. So you want to let us just give us another background on maybe some other things that you are in right now, what you do? Well, so we, we don't just do booking on podcasts. I like right. to look at us as a PR firm for the podcast. Industry. Exactly. So we do a whole storytelling process with our clients to really make their story line up with what they're teaching and, where they're asking people to go at the end of the interview, because that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, we do some more media training with that. Um, we teach content repurposing. Um, then I have a team of publicists that actually help people to get prepped for interviews, get them booked for the interviews, and, and, and all that jazz. So we do so much more than, I guess, just podcast booking, and we like to say we're the PR firm for the podcast industry. Um, so that's uh, really on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of the podcast, I talk to people that are world-class at what they do, and 
really, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have had people on the show just like yourself to talk about how they've achieved all the amazing things that they've achieved so that, I guess, selfishly, I can learn a little bit, but also to, to teach so many other people that are looking for that knowledge. Yeah, because you definitely have the background on it. Because, okay, so you did something totally different before this. Yeah. Well, a couple yeah, so, of different things. So what? tell us a little bit of background on how you got to where you are now. So you have basically created your own life. And I always talk about manifesting your life on purpose. Another word for manifesting is creating. I think that's why we have so much in common. So yeah. Yeah, you have created your life on purpose. Mm-hmm. So what have you been through and done to get to where you are now? Oh, gosh. So I, I, I guess, like, for me, going into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So to me, it just seemed like... All right, uh, let's get really educated and see where that goes. So I have my undergrad degree in uh, Catholic theology uh, and also in Torah. Uh, I'm not Jewish, but I found it interesting. Okay. Um, and then I studied at New College, Oxford, and got my master's then at Seton Hall University um, in ancient history. Uh, not very marketable skills. That's really like what I wanted to do in life. But the backstory to that um, is at 19, I actually... Uh, tore three major ligaments in my knee, and it was supposed to be a very easy surgery to fix, but the anesthesia didn't go well, and they brought in the priest and everything and, and told my parents they didn't think I was going to make it. Mm. And it didn't really impact me until at 24, um, I almost lost my mom, and that was a really, really difficult situation. She had a, a really bad stroke where she lost her language skills, um, use of the right side of her body, and when it was somebody outside of myself, it kind of like rocked me to my core. Because right out of school, I had been teaching high school for a couple of years. And I just was not very happy doing it. And that kind of set me on a quest to figure out, you know, what the heck do I want to do with my life? And I tried so many different things until I got into podcasting. And it's, I, I feel like so many times people tell their story and it sounds linear. And it's just, it's just not that way, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, that is a totally different thing that you are doing now from what you've done. And... It is the things outside of ourself that end up having us relook at our life, right? Sure. No, a hundred percent. Because I don't. I don't know. I feel like sometimes, even when bad things happen to us, we, we kind of think we're invincible in some ways. And it's when we almost lose somebody else, or something happens to someone closer closer to us, it has a huge effect. It does. It definitely does. And I think, you know, we talk a whole lot about following your intuition and looking inside and being connected, which is super important. I mean. The people that are looking on the outside and wanting to help those other people as yourself, like helping your mom, somebody very close to you, obviously, then you've already connected with your intuition, right? Those are the people that want to reach out and help others. Totally. And how is your mom doing? Let's, let's, how is she doing Um, today? Well, so, so she, she isn't really able to work anymore Mm because she, she has something called uh, acute global aphasia, which means she can like take all the communication in, but she can't put it back out. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, like being trapped in your body type of thing. So she's totally, she's totally understanding everything that's happening. She's just not able to communicate. So we've helped her out with like an iPad and stuff like that. So she can kind of use that as a, as a via to communicate. Uh-huh. Um, she's gotten this leg brace so she can kind of like kind of walk now. Um, and, and I look at it this way, Kathleen, like, when that happened in 2012, you know, I thought that was kind of the end. But at that point in time, like now, I've had my mom see me get married almost four years ago. I've had my mom for the birth of my child last year. So it's mm-hmm. all these moments that I didn't think I'd get to enjoy with her. You know, she may not be in the same capacity she once was, but she's still able to be a part of that and enjoy that. 
So when that happened to her, you left where you were mm-hmm. overseas and you came back. No, no, no. So at that point in time, um, I was already out of school when that happened. Okay. Um, I finished my master's degree in 2011. So this was in 2012. Um, in addition to teaching school, I was actually working at a gym on the weekends um, as the weekend manager. And um, I actually had gotten called into work early. Um, and at that point in time, I was still living at home. So I would go home before I would go to work at the gym. And I actually ended up finding her. Um, had I not gotten called early, I wouldn't even have found her. Isn't it amazing how things happen? Timing. Seriously, because they said she had been there for about 45 minutes, and had I not gotten there, you know, within that 15-minute window, you know, we wouldn't have her today. Well, I'm so happy that she's still here with you, because I have seen pictures of your family, your beautiful wife and daughter, and you have a young child, so how are you sleeping these days? Well, so, so here, here's the interesting thing, right? Um, we went to, to Rome um, about about a month ago. Uh And up until that point, we had been sleeping every night and it had been just like incredible. The baby was born (laughs) in November and she was sleeping eight to 10 hours a night. It was incredible. Our first night in Rome, she didn't sleep. She literally just didn't sleep. Um, So my wife and I were up until seven in the morning with the baby and then she finally went to sleep because she's kind of like, mom and dad, what are you doing to me? Why are you trying to make me sleep? It's it's not nighttime yet. (laughs) And the, the whole time change and everything threw her off. And then on that trip, she actually started teething. So, so now, uh, since, since we've been back about the last uh, month, I, I don't quite know what restful sleep is right now. Right, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so you enjoyed that a little bit at the beginning. Congratulations. I, I was taking it for granted. I was taking it for granted. I really was. <laughs> yeah, you're, you were one of those parents that were like, yeah, my, my, my child sleeps. I'm oh, my child's really... an angel until her teeth come in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So now you can sympathize with those other parents that are, like, walking around looking like they haven't gotten any sleep because they haven't. You have to have that at least at some point, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And it's now, now you just make make do with, with extra coffee and, and vitamin C and whatever so that you keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then I, I know you're doing this because you all, you're, you know, you cherish everything in your life. Cherish those times when you are up in the middle of the night because it's actually, you do end up missing those. It's hard to think about it sometimes. Like you mm. don't feel like you would when you're really tired, but you do. You're like, oh man, just holding a baby and trying to get him back to sleep. Uh, it, it's, it's funny too because she's growing so fast right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's she's about she's about sixteen pounds, and I just feel like she she just looks so much bigger every time I see her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not quite an infant anymore. You're almost a toddler. I know, halfway <laughs> to being one, and then they're going to start walking. She's going to start walking around. She's already crawling. So. Oh my gosh! I th- I just I mean, babies to me are amazing because we've all were babies. We're all amazing, right? We were all babies once. My, my friends make fun of me. I'm so obsessed. With <laughs> That's the way parents should be. That's the way you are. That's awesome. So, okay, I would like to know, what is the best advice that you have ever gotten? Best advice I've ever gotten? Wow. Um, to really take a look at what I'm doing in my life and mm-hmm. see if it's actually aligned with, with where I want to go. Um, I, about, oh gosh, about seven years ago now, I, I met this gentleman named uh, Patrick Valton. Actually, um, last time I was in Clearwater. And... Um, he said to me, you know, you're doing all these things, but where's it really taking you? You know, wh- what's your bigger purpose? What's your bigger goal? And I really thought about that. I said, you know, I'm doing all these things that aren't guiding me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when I really took a look at where I wanted to go and what I was doing, that was one of the biggest shifts for me was, was deciding, you know, is what I'm doing now in alignment with where I want to go? Because if it's not, I shouldn't be doing it. 
You know, that's a good point you make because I'm sure that everybody listening has been there at some point. I know I have. Right. Right? You're doing all of these things that you enjoy maybe, right? It's not that you don't enjoy them. Mm -hmm. But how many things can you do at one time and do them to the ability that you'd like to do them? And are all of them bringing you to the place that you'd like to go? Because you end up scattered. Exactly. I I mean, I'm relating to everything you're saying. I've been there and done that. And what I find, and what, what made you finally get to the point where you narrowed it down? January of this year. <laughs> <laughs> because, because that's all about, you know, I talk a whole lot about manifesting, right? Like we said, with right. the other word for that, you and I talked about that too, creating and magnetizing, same, same thing. Manifesting your life on purpose. Number one, you have to have clarity. Mm-hmm. We have to know where we're going. Like, where are we going and what are we doing it for? Because mm-hmm. if we don't have that vision of where we'd like to go, we don't have to know about everything in the middle that's going to happen. Not details, right? We'll figure that out. But first, number one, clarity. Mm-hmm. And we, it's, you can't have clarity when you've got 10 things going on at one time. Right. Right. And, and, and the reason I say I figured that out in January this year, because I, I, don't, I don't know about you, Kathleen, but I love people. I just I I love too. people. I love helping people. Yes, and, yes. and the situation I always got myself into was, hey, Jeremy, can you help me with this? Absolutely. Hey, Jeremy, can you help me with this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, I'm helping a thousand different people with a thousand different things and then end up hating the situation I'm in. So I, I actually took a look at it this year and decided that, hey, unless it was really in line with what I'm trying to achieve here and who I'm trying to help, I'm going to have to say no. Because it's actually hampering my ability to make a bigger impact if I'm saying yes to all these thousand little things. You're right. <laughs> you are so right. And I can tell <laughs> Easier you. Easier said than done. No, it is. And I mean, we could be like consider ourselves twins on that one because I have been there. I know exactly how that feels. And it's not easy sometimes, though, to say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Right. Because you, you are a giving person and you really want to help others. I mean, I get full by, you know, my soulfully fulfilled by helping other people, but there has to be a line, right? Because then we're not following our path of what we were put here in this life to do. Which, like you said, 100%. as of January, you're kind of following that more aligned path. And I'm sure along the way you're helping other people because no, that's what you do. No, absolutely. But, but, but I'll tell you what, you know, the results of doing that, mm-hmm. like our business has grown double where it was, um, you know, the quality of the guests that I'm getting on my show has gone up, um, you know, so it's it, when you really decide that you're going to focus on one thing and sometimes you're just going to have to say no, you will see results from that. Yeah. Yeah, you've got my brain going because I'm thinking of times that that has definitely happened to me and I know I've talked to su- numerous people even in this past few weeks that are in that same predicament you know going in a lot of different directions and they just don't have the clarity mm-hmm. that they should have and, and you know it helps you with your family life too right because everybody yeah. knows where they're going no 100 percent. and i and i think that's why i love being in business with my wife right because mm-hmm. uh i i just i don't know how somebody could be in business not with their significant other because you have to be so much on the same page whether mm-hmm. it's your business finances your personal finances whatever it is it's, it, it's got to be so hard to do it by yourself, really. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. I mean, like my husband and I, I mean, we are, we're in this together as well. Of course, he has a job. He's, you know, he's a physician. He's working all the time. Right. But, but he is in my, like, 
he is my well, partner at least, in at this. Least in your corner. You know oh my you? gosh! Like we are each other's biggest cheerleaders, and he's the one that helps me with all the business decisions. I help him. I mean, it makes it so much more fulfilling when you can be on the same page mm-hmm. and bounce things off of someone. Right. So even right. if you don't have a significant other, I would suggest find somebody and people are out there listening that you truly trust 110 percent that you can bounce ideas off of and get another perspective. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference, too, because sometimes we need somebody outside of the situation to just mull things over with, run something by, and just hear what their thought is on it because it might change our thought process or it might just validate what we're already thinking. Right. Well, because I think so many times we're so used to looking at things from our own viewpoint, Mm -hmm. it's when we can actually get something from somebody else's viewpoint, we realize, oh, maybe it's not that way. You you know what I mean? And, and, And to really get that feedback sometimes is so helpful. It really is. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys do that together. I know that, um, like I said, I, you know, I, I, I've, well, one day we're all going to meet in person. I, I kind of know you already by <laughs> Facebook. So I will tell you guys, like, check out Jeremy. Uh, so he goes by Jeremy Ryan Slate is your uh, website, correct? It is. And I only use my middle name because there's an actor with the same name that passed away a bunch of years ago, and it helps me to rank in Google. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, because I always know you now by Jeremy Ryan Slate, and I actually introduced you by Jeremy Ryan Slate. The only time I ever heard that was when my mom was mad at me growing up. Well, look at that. See what she did? (laughs) She's got that all set for you. So we asked Ryan what one of his favorite 80s songs is, and Kathy, which one are we going to play? One of uh, one of Ryan's really or one of uh, Jeremy's really good suggestions. Jeremy, hold on. I said Jeremy Ryan, so I said Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean, you're not doing anything wrong, Jeremy. But <laughs> Jeremy Ryan. Hey, growing up, I knew I knew I was in trouble when I heard all three of those names. That name is sticking to my head. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. I'm sorry, Jeremy Ryan yes. Slate. I want you to know. <laughs> I was so delighted that you picked Men Without Hats and Safety Dance. What a cool song from the 80s. It has the greatest music video of all time, if you've ever seen it. It definitely does. It instructs you in how to do the safety dance. (laughs) We're going to play it now on WSOS. And we'll be right back. We are back. Back with Jeremy Ryan Slate on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Nocatee. We are in Northeast Florida, and you can hear us anywhere on staugustineradio.com. So, Jeremy, you know, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that St. Augustine is the oldest city in the nation? I did know that. You did? Awesome. You know, a lot of people don't know that. I know that Florida actually comes from... Uh, I think it's Pascua, Florida, which means the Feast of Easter. Wow. Well, you might know a little more than some of us Floridians <laughs> about I was Florida. A major, so yeah. Oh, there you go. And we have like the Fountain of Youth is right down the street. Oh wow. Um, oh yeah. Like if you've never been to St. Augustine, I, I tell the the guests that I have on seriously, like it is awesome. So, and when your daughter gets a little bit older. It's really a very kid-friendly place. So we have the ocean and the bay. It's the oldest city. So, of course, it's historical and it's very, it's touristy and it's cool. Um, But that's really cool that you knew that. Because, see, I grew up in Florida. So they teach us that. 
that it's the oldest city in the nation. Mm. But I, you know, talked to some people from different states and they're like, I did not know that. I was like, well, where did you think the oldest city was? They don't know. So anyway. Somewhere in Florida or somewhere in Georgia. We're that far off. Somewhere in the (laughs) south is where it was. We just don't know where. Um, Okay, so I talk some about settling and compromising, right? And the difference Mm -hmm. between settling and compromising. So what are your thoughts on that? So I always believe, I'll just say up front, like, yeah, let me hear your thoughts. I don't (laughs) believe, I personally am not okay with settling. Mm -hmm. Like settling is not okay with me. Um, You know, I realize that sometimes we may have to compromise on something. But if it's a dream of mine or something I feel very strongly about, settling is I, is not okay. To me, settling is being mediocre and settling is just being content. And content to me is not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on where you are. So if you're on a, a, a low, right, maybe you're feeling really down or I call it lower energy vibration, then yes, mediocre might be okay, right? Because that's a step up from where you are. But any other time, I just don't think it's okay because this world is limitless, right? And we can find that clarity like you were talking about earlier and aim for that. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on settling for things? I just, I don't think it's never a good idea to settle. You know what I mean? Because settling to me means lowering the target and mm-hmm. it's never okay to lower the target. You know, sometimes you may not hit the target and you have to figure out how to reevaluate and get there. Right. Um, but to me, it's never okay to settle. Now, you may have to compromise sometimes so that mm-hmm. it, right. you're never you're never going to make anybody happy, but make the make the larger percentage of people happy so that everybody can be on the same page. But to me, settling means lowering the target, and that's, I think it's never okay to, to go for less than you're capable of or to shoot for uh, something smaller. You know, you know, it's, it's something I always got from one of my favorite uh, business authors and just favorite personalities, Grant Cardone. Uh-huh. You know, he's saying like, let's 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 put monetary value on it. He said, if you want to shoot for a million dollars, you better shoot for 10 because you're going to find out it's going to take a lot more effort to get to that, that million than you thought. So you might as well aim for 10, go low and get two. You know what I mean? So right. never lower the target. Always, if anything, higher the target. I totally agree with that. And when we talk about compromise, sometimes, yeah, when you're working with somebody else, right, that's where compromise might have to come in. Right, but when you can't always make everything your own way. Exactly, and you can't always make everybody happy, and that's fine. The compromise comes in. You know, but that's where I think some people might get confused, right? And so, even though it's their own goal, right? It's their own target. They think of it as, okay, well, so-and-so said this, so I'm just going to be, I'm going to lower my target a little bit mm-hmm. and compromise. And that's where I feel like if more and more people knew and thought about the separation of that, so you have the, the relationships that you have together, whether it be in business or um, personally. And those, yes, you might have to compromise sometimes. But when you have your own targets, it must, you know, like you said, shoot for it. And if you don't make it, shoot again. And the thing I love about that is in that process of shooting again and again, like, right, you said you'd make it, te- you say 10 million and you might make, you know, one and have to shoot it again. But in that process, you might actually find a different path. Mm-hmm. And change your target, which is okay, because you're still not settling. You're actually making your target even better, right? You're right. more excited about it than you even were before. So, well, 
Uh, I like the way that you put that. Well, you're also going to find as well, like 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 you were mentioning, you know, listening to other people around you. You're, you're going to find sometimes that, especially if it's where you grew up or, or, or the smaller group you're in, people may say, oh, well, you know, that's okay. You don't have to do that. Think a little bit smaller or whatever. And you can't let that get to you. You know what I mean? Because I know for me, like, one of my best friends growing up, we haven't talked about six years. Because when I started my first business, um, he told me that, you know, I didn't really deserve to be able to do that. And that in terms of, like, it, my level of discomfort going for it was very uncomfortable to him. And you're going to find that you can't let other people's discomfort by your growth hold you back. Absolutely. I love that you said that because I talk about that a lot. There are some people that they'll be d- uh, uncomfortable, right? Or they'll be jealous, which is still negative. And because they're uncomfortable because they don't feel like they can do it or they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and do anything mm-hmm. more than what's in their comfort zone. And they don't want to see anybody else succeed at it. Right. So, so to minimize their own need to not reach, they're going to tell you not to. Because if you hit it, then it shows them they probably could have. Oh, yeah. Well, like we always say, anybody can do anything they put their mind to. <laughs> <laughs> put your mind to it, put the effort into it, and, and don't give up. Maybe you have to change it, but you don't have to give up. And I say you have to change it. No, maybe you will change it because you find that you're passionate about something else. Like you said, you know, you had all of these different directions you were going in. And it kind of honed itself in on one. And that probably happened pretty naturally, right? Yeah. It, 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 well, it, it took focus at first. Because, right. you know, when you're trying to figure things out, sometimes you... And, and you've probably seen this with others. You get you get shiny object syndrome a little bit. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like you can cut that cut that that uh, you know that curve a little bit faster. You go for it, and and you have to kind of learn to start blocking those things out because they're going to block you from making the larger goal. Well, in social and media, then it, then it's going to fall into place. Yeah, and the social media makes it a little bit tough for people too. I mean, I talked to a lot of people like about that as well. That you know that's where shiny object syndrome can come in in business really big because there are so many people that are putting all of this stuff out there. And you and I, I think talked about this not too long ago. We did. I know we did. We talked about how we you did. can we, unfollow and block. Okay block people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because if something doesn't feel authentic to me or, uh, I, I will just unfollow. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you might find yourself getting that shiny object syndrome. But also we were talking about how some people, like you said, maybe about your friend, who's just a little bit uncomfortable and they say some things that just really aren't nice because it's really easy for people to do on social media or texting because they don't have to see you face to face. Oh my God. Right. They can just, you know, text or write anything. So yeah, block, block and block. So I'm a huge believer of you get what you put your attention on. Right. So if you're putting your attention on negative stuff, you're going to get more negative stuff. So even if it's social media, you should be keeping people around you that uplift you ideas that uplift you. You know, like, I, I I may even politically agree with people, but people posting politics on, on social media for me get unfollowed because I just don't need it in my space. Absolutely. Amen. I do the same thing. Because that's just not a place for it, I don't think. Right. I just don't. Because, I mean, I just feel like, you know, everybody can have their own opinion, whether it be about politics or anything else, but it's not your job to talk me into your opinion, whether right. it's about a business or Whatever. I mean, I love to see what you're doing and, and, you know, some of it I'd like to have 
like positive things and and positive quotes and learn. I love, love, love to learn new things, even about social media, because that's changing every day. I mean, even the stuff you put out there about podcasting and business, I think that's very interesting. Um, but I totally agree. I mean, you really just, that's not a place for any of this. And if you feel uncomfortable when you're seeing somebody's posts, don't follow them anymore. Right. Because that will Mm -hmm. help your space, right? Because what you focus on grows. Right. And you need to protect that space, right? Because that's where everything that affects you and your life comes from. It comes from the energy around you and what you're putting out there. So if you're putting crap out there, you're going to get crap back. Absolutely. And we used to say, look around you at the five people that you surround yourself with. Not the ones I always have to like reiterate this. Let's like take family out of that, okay? Because some people do have family that they may not want to be around all the time because they're negative. But the five people you choose to be around, those are the people that you're going to end up absorbing their energy and that's what you're going to be like. But social media makes it so much bigger than that. So you really have to look around at who you're following and who you're looking at. And and also, okay, so what you do with the podcasting and giving people, you know, the marketing the marketing strategies and and getting them on things right i mean Mm -hmm. just give me again just give me one quick overview on what it is that you guys do within your business absolutely so um and and it comes kind of from me being in the podcast space for so long and my wife actually being uh, a publicist for 10 years Mm -hmm. that what what we actually do is is we find out who people's target market are we go out and we find podcasts that that's where those people live because it doesn't have to be a huge number of people if, the, if it's the right people. Mm-hmm. And then we also coach them through their story messaging called action, your personal story, your brand message, and then the action you actually people want people to take because, you know, you may hear on the radio or on a podcast or whatever, but somebody gives you 27 different places they can find you online mm-hmm. and people stop listening after the second, after the first one. Right. So we really try to hammer in what's something that somebody can get a great win off of if you give away. Maybe it's a, a cheat sheet, an opt-in, whatever it may be, something that's going to help somebody. And then we locate the right shows for them, help them get, and my team helps them get booked on the shows, manages their calendar, and then just really makes everything work out great for them. And then we also teach them what to do with that content afterwards. Because any interview, whether it be a podcast or radio or TV, it's not done after it's over. It's what do you do with it in terms of positioning and use to create more opportunities for yourself. That's true. And another reason why I wanted you to go over all that is, I mean, I wanted everybody to hear what you do because I think what you and your wife do is amazing work. But also, you can also get overload, right? So what you all are doing and teaching people, they can learn an awful lot from what you do. However, if you decide that you're going to go follow and try to learn from 10 different people that are doing the same type, nobody's going to ever do the same thing because we're all unique, it's information overload and you're not going to get anywhere. It's kind of like what you said Mm -hmm. at the beginning about having too many things going on at once. So with social media, I just want to bring that to everybody's attention too. You know, don't follow a whole or try to take information from this one, this one, this one, and this one. I think you need to have a core small amount, right? Two, three. I mean, I'm not going to put a number on it, but maybe one. Well, I I follow just one influencer really. And that's that's Grant Cardone. For the the most part, I don't want to mix messages. And I, I agree with a lot of what Grant says, and we're on the same page. So, it's, you know, you got people that like Gary Vaynerchuk better. I, I can't take a whole lot of them. Um, right. And you got people that like other influencers better. But I, to me, I find pick who you feel like you match most with and follow that person. Yeah, because if you're doing too many at one time, 
and you're trying to help your business, right? So people that come to you are trying to grow mm-hmm. their business. They're trying to get their information out there and their message. So mm-hmm. if you're following another influencer that is kind of doing something similar, you're going to go in too many directions at one time. Correct. You need to be on the same page with what you're doing. That clarity is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's really important for everybody to remember because I know this happens a lot. We've all been there. I was there at the beginning of going online because, you know, with what I, my business, I did it offline for years. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm 47 and believe it or not, people, like the internet was not there. <laughs> like, there was no, I mean, we had a pager. You know? Hey, we had flip phones. We had flip phones in high school if we were lucky. Oh yeah, we had none. Okay, we we had to go actually drive and find our friends. Okay, there was no. I mean, we had no no, app for that. We no, there was no no app. I don't. My remember our first cell phone. R. I mean, my O U R because my mom got one, and it was the newest thing, and it was in like a a box. You remember that, Kathy? My my dad had an insurance job at some point, and uh-huh. and that one of the big tech perks that he got at the at the insurance job was that yes he had what I guess they were calling we called it a car phone, but he carried it in a little suitcase. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. and and it had even a cord, right? So have you ever yep. seen one of those, Jeremy? That sounds like very. Uh, Maxwell Smartish, like you're going to talk in the bottom of your shoe or something. Exactly, That's exactly <laughs> what it was. So, and and it was like so cool. So people, like I remember, you go to restaurants, and the person that had that briefcase phone that they take out, it looked like a, it looked like basically a wall phone inside of a a briefcase, and they take it out and have the core. Like they were cool. You look over at them, like oh my god, like look what they have. Like they have one of those phones, and I don't even feel that old, you know. And I'm like, I've never experienced this. You haven't? Okay, so you're going to have to look this up. So Kathy and I are about the same age, and so we are both totally relating. I'm sure my mom's listening, probably nodding her head like, yes, I remember that phone. And some, you'd even have to, like, pull up the antenna on it in order to um, get the thing. But anyway, we were, you know, it was a cool thing. Um, needless to say, us high schoolers did not have that. Okay, we did not have a phone like that because that was just wow. a bit much. I know. So I, I am assuming you're not in your forties. Are you somewhere in your thirties? I'll be I'll be thirty two next month. Okay, okay. So yeah, you don't remember that, but look it up. It's actually a really great thing to at least know about. Well, we were we were at Goodwill the other day, and I said to my wife, "Do you know what that is?" Uh, we, were, we were about to check out, and I, she goes, "I go, that's a real the real tape player." You remember the old reel-to-reel? Oh, player? we remember them. Oh, I was I was explaining to her how it works, and it it, it was like going to a history exhibit. <laughs> well, you so you studied history, so you know. Go ahead, Kathy. Oh, I've marked. I was just gonna say I've marked and and cut with a razor blade some reel-to-reel tape in my time. I bet you have. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I bet Kathy has the the. She knows what she's doing here with this board and everything else. This is Kathy's forte. Um, you know, so anyway, I guess we're sitting here talking about age and cell phones and things, and I don't even know how we got on that. <laughs> I but, don't either. But we did end up having to go find our friends, okay? Like, I had to go find my friends, and sometimes it took like an hour, and I'd never find them, going house door to door knocking. That was when people answered their doors, too. We don't even answer doors anymore, do you? Because you're afraid of who's going to be there when you go to answer it. It could be some... Somebody really knocks on my door. They call me. <laughs> well, and if somebody does knock on your door, you wonder, oh my gosh... Like, like, yeah, well, who is that? Like, somebody trying to, like, 
scope things out or or what. So, okay, but now that I know somewhat of how old you are, I have another question. Sure. What would you tell your 25-year-old self of what cuz what you know now, what would you go back and tell your 25-year-old self? Don't go to grad school and don't take life so seriously. I was very, very serious in my early <laughs> 20s. I was extremely serious. And now I'm just obnoxiously silly and I enjoy life more. <laughs> I bet you do. Well, I know I enjoy it. I always enjoy talking to you and hearing what you have to say and listening to your podcasts. Because you're authentically Jeremy. Thank you. And I know that because you. I just feel it. I feel it when you're talking. So, if you were very serious when you're in your twenties, so serious, it was scary. <laughs> and also, you know what? You're not the first person. Now, we're not trying to say people that you don't need to go to grad school, they don't need to go to college, but you are not the first person that has said that. About well, I I, I think for for me, like I I could have looked at I don't know career wise what I wanted to do a little bit more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even like I went into teaching, like even doing that, I didn't need the degree I had. Like I just kind of kept going to school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right, and I think that's what a lot of people do. Or because if you don't take time to step back and think about it, right? You get done with your first four years and you just go on. Because mm-hmm. and, and you really don't have time to think about it because you don't have those life experiences to know. Well, and, I, and I think also that like society, like, and and I think it's it's shifting a little bit now as as kind of technology and things are changing. But like we were always taught, I know I, know I was that higher education was like the thing to do because mm-hmm. um, both my parents were were very blue collar. Neither of them was neither of them went to college, so they were very self made. So to mm-hmm. them, like, it was you know the big ticket if you went to college, you went to grad school, and everything else. Yeah, and I mean, I always say, I think there's some professions, definitely. I'd like for you, like, you know, if you're a doctor, I don't want operate to operate on me. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, you know, be my attorney, I mean, there's certain professions, definitely, even accountants. Right. I mean, it'd be great to know exactly what you're doing. I mean, I know I'm missing some here, but I just, I do think it would be nice if people could take the time to figure it out. But then there's that fine line, right? You get the ones that kind of take time out and they end up um, not really doing finding what they love. <laughs> I mean, well, but, well I'll, I'll tell you what, Kathleen, yeah. you know what I think is missing is something that existed, you know, in the, around the turn of the century and also existed in the Middle Ages. That's the idea of apprenticeships, where you go yeah. work at a career for a period of time to discern if you liked it, and if you didn't, you moved on to something else. And I think we're going to find that people invest a lot less money in the wrong things, and they also know what they like and don't like. That is a great point, and you're absolutely right. And the problem that I see that happens these days, and, you know, my oldest is 27 now, so I have some, you know, kids in their 20s, and then I have two teenagers. Um, So I have a little bit of experience of looking at my children on how this goes, but they get out of college, they have a graduate degree, and people want them to have experience before they get a job. Well, I like that idea of apprenticeships, right? Let's see first what we want to do. Maybe mm-hmm. even in between that, going to college and the grad school. 100%. Because you look at somebody like, like Nikola Tesla. Like, uh-huh. He was a great inventor, but he apprenticed for a lot of different guys figuring out what to do. And it just it doesn't happen like that anymore. No, it doesn't. And so a shout out to anybody that wants to maybe give apprenticeships to to kids I mean give them a chance because that way they can see what they do and don't want to do um I know that there was somebody that I talked to not too long ago who they did have a chance to go into a veterinary place and follow you know the animals you know begin the surgeries and then they figured out that they didn't like the sight of blood so 
I'm. It'd be pretty tough to go through all those years of school to realize you don't like. Blood right. Yet. So then let's not, go, <laughs> let's not go to vet school then, because you know, let's try something like maybe. I mean, you know, and they're great decorators, right? So maybe decorator. <laughs> so it's totally different, but I totally agree with that. I mean, I didn't, haven't really thought about that, but that is very, very true. Some, you know, real life experience. And everything, because then they can find their path. Like when we started talking about the beginning of the conversation, they can find what they love to do and maybe not be going in 10 different directions a little sooner than maybe you did and I did to figure things out. Totally, because you can't tell me at 18 years old somebody knows what they want to do for the rest of their life. I didn't, you know? No, but you know, a lot of us There are some people that do, but not everybody does. No, 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 not at all. But some of us think we know everything Right. I thought I knew everything at 18. <laughs> and then I became a parent at 19. And then it just went on from there. So <laughs> um, so my life took different paths as well. But I think that, you know, when you have a chance to actually narrow it down, it is just such a blessing. And I really appreciate you going over all of that with us today. Because anybody that's listening, listen, like if you feel like you're going in a million different directions... Find some clarity, narrow it down, and it's not always easy, right? 100%. It is not always easy. Well, is there? we're going to put your links on the WSOS page, and we will be uploading this into podcasts. It will be available on KathleenMinor.com in about a week or so, and I'll announce that when it goes out. But, Jeremy, I really have enjoyed talking to you as usual. We could talk a whole lot longer just about oh, anything. Totally. I know I had you on my podcast because we just always have a great time together. I know. We could just keep talking because I have other things, like even about the cell phones I could keep talking about, but I always have to break it short because I always have a lot of information about things that are just in daily life. But I have really enjoyed um, seeing your family. You have an uh, amazing family. I can just, I mean, and your oh, daughter, thank you. your daughter is really cute. I, you know, and I'm just going to give my two cents because I just am. She kind of has gone back and forth between looking like you and your wife. It's a really good combination. You know, we say the exact same thing, believe it or not. Yeah? It depends on what day you see her. She looks more like Brielle and more like me. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing. Because there was one picture that I was like, oh my gosh, she looks just like Brielle. And then the other one, I was like, no, I just see that. So she's got a great mixture of both of you. So it'll be lucky for her when she has like the best parts of both of you in all kinds of ways. And that's what she's going to be a very lucky little girl. Oh, boy, thank you. Well, she already is, but. Um, so thank you very much for being here. I look forward to being in contact soon, and I will put your links. And you guys, check Jeremy Ryan Slate out. Go to his website. Find oh, The podcast is awesome, so subscribe to that. I know I do. You have some amazing speakers on there, and the way that you just converse with them, we learn so much from every one of them. Well, thank you so much. And we are going to play your next song that you loved kathy oh this is my more favorite song the other one this was another really cool selection it's gonna be radio gaga from queen yep i am a huge queen fan here we go Hey, you guys, and welcome back to WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra and from anywhere on staugustineradio.com. So we are also going to go live here pretty quickly on our Facebook page. So 
Hey, if you're listening, because at the end of every show on Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life, we are going to come on and just tell you a few tips about manifesting magic in your everyday life. Because manifesting, another word for that is creating and magnetizing. So you are doing it every single day of your life. You are creating and magnetizing things into your life. So why not do it on purpose, right? So if you're watching me live on Facebook, you might see somebody sitting here next to me. So this is my... Hello. Oh yeah, my sorry. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, like that is, <laughs> I think he likes this more than he thinks he does. <laughs> but uh, this is my third child. This is Emmett. And Carolyn's over there. And she can always put the headphones on and talk if she doesn't want to come over here. But okay, because we were talking and we talked a little bit to Jeremy Ryan Slate, who was on a few minutes ago, who had called in about compromise and settling. Because this is something as far as creating the life and manifesting the life that you desire that you need to be aware of and at least acknowledge it when it comes up. Are you compromising or are you settling? So before I go into something, I want to ask Emmett, what is your thought, Emmett, on settling and compromising? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um oh, I'm on the radio. Um what did they say? I could give an example of yeah. it would be uh I go to All American Martial Arts, which is the best place around. Okay. It's a Taekwondo place. You guys are awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm a first degree black belt and I could have stopped there, but I don't like to just stop at something. So I want to be, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to take my time into doing it, I want to be the best I can be at it and excel to the highest point I can. Okay, so what you're saying is you're a first-degree black belt. You don't have to do a second-degree black belt, but you feel like you that's a goal that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're not going to settle for anything less. No, I'm not. Even though it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Right, because sometimes things aren't easy, so we could either back off and just not do it, or we can say, "I've got this." Yeah, the harder it is, the better it ends out usually. You I mean, mean, are you meaning like if it takes more work, then it's better in the end? Yeah, usually. Like, yeah. Well, definitely. usually, yeah. I mean, I guess, and with you saying that, it brings me up to something else. So, meaning like if it's harder, then it feels like it's a struggle, and you're having to make yourself do it, right? So. Let's just say you're making yourself get out of the house when it's time to go to Taekwondo and you just like don't want to do it. Then I would second guess it. Right? I would second rethink it. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you aren't that way. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Exactly. So I guess I just wanted to bring that up that if it's something that you have as a goal, but it's, you know, like, oh, it may not really be your goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you do have one and you're going to achieve it and you're not going to settle. Yep. Right. Okay, so we were also talking about compromise and settling. And sometimes you might be, say, in a job and, you know, you have to work. Um, and you don't love what you're doing, so you feel like you're compromising, right? You're going to stay here because you need to make money. But one thing I will say is to still have that goal in mind. Still set your goal and have clarity. So where is it that you'd like to be? If you could choose anywhere you'd like to be, where is it? What would you be doing? How much money would you be making? And don't settle for anything less. Meaning, don't just say, okay, I guess this is as good as it's going to get, so I'm just going to sit here. Yes, enjoy where you are and be thankful for a job and be grateful for where you are, but never think that it's enough 
if you truly don't think that it's enough. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know we're talking about jobs. And I, you have a job. Yeah. I've, you have a job, yeah. right? Emmett works at Publix. Awesome. I'm a so, bagger. Emmett is a bagger. He started when he was 14, just turned 15. But there are people that are in jobs. And, and this is the same thing with relationships. So that's a big one. If you are in a relationship and you feel like you are settling, I think there's a whole lot of factors. This could go in about a million different ways, which we will not be able to cover right now in these few minutes. But really think about that. Are you compromising on the way that you're being treated? Are you compromising on the way that you want to live your life and that you desire your life? And there's a couple reasons why, yeah, maybe you need to not be in that relationship. But also, we're talking about you, specifically you, right? We can't control other people, but you can set your goals. You can have clarity on what you desire in your life. And once you have clarity on that, and not go all over the place in 10 different directions, then it will allow you to focus in and things will start to fall into place. Now, in saying that, when things start to fall into place, you need to make sure when you get those messages and things are coming to you, don't just think that it's your brain brain playing tricks on you, okay? So really take what it is and do the inspired action. Write it down in the journal, right? So if you're just getting little messages every day here and there, write it down. Even if it's one word, write it down because all of that will start coming together. You know, I always talk about radiating out at a higher energy frequency, radiating out. When you are writing those words down and when those are coming to you, you write them down and things will start flowing to you. I know it doesn't make sense if you're in the middle of something right now that you're truly unhappy about. It may This may not make any sense to you, but if you do what I'm saying to do and just try it, you can message me. You can message me through Facebook or through my my um, website, KathleenMinor.com, and let me know how it's going. But really, just write down those little messages that you get, and first you must have clarity. So that's how you manifest. That's how you create the life that you desire. You are manifesting the life that you desire by knowing what it is that you desire. You cannot manifest what you desire if you do not know what you want, what you desire. So if it's a job that you don't know about or a relationship you don't know about, if you don't know what it is that you desire, it will not come your way. So it's kind of plain and simple if you think about it that way, right? Yep. <laughs> right? Emmett hears me talk about this all the time. So yes. <laughs> Emmett might all be able time. to like tell you how to manifest the life that you desire <laughs> and how to journal. Uh, Carolyn, do you have anything to say? You can say it in there. Yeah. Hi. Okay, so Carolyn says hi, and Carolyn, you know, she's really not shy. One day she'll be on here. So um, please message us. I will have the links from Jeremy, and we have really enjoyed tonight's show. Please come back here next Wednesday on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Nocatee, and go to my Facebook page and follow that. You can go to KathleenMinor.com for the 30-day self-perception makeover. We have some huge news coming out. Because we have two more things coming out. Oh, well, by the way, we do have these awesome shirts. Positive vibes only. Like, this is, like, so comfortable. But we have that. But we also have the teen book coming out for the 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover. And we will have this amazing teen who has co-authored the book with me on air soon. So I will talk to you guys later. And have a nice night. Bye.
As founder and president of Hopeful Handbags International, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, I would like to ask that you donate your once loved handbags filled with necessities that will be donated to women getting back on their feet again, that have gone through down times, abuse, and homelessness. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to donate funds, necessities, become a drop-off location, or start a Hopeful Handbags in your area, contact me at KathleenMiner.com and you too can give hope.